like Kingdom Hearts news this morning. Is that something that you usually um, pay attention to? Uh, not particularly, but it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal because it's like Kingdom Hearts four. Okay. So I don't know. Are you interested um, in this now? Because isn't the director uh, the same person who did the Final Fantasy VII remake? Yeah. And he did the character designs for The Stranger of Paradise and The World Ends With You. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. Um, And I am like tangentially interested in Kingdom Hearts. I figured you would be turned away because of the whole Disney thing. The thing is, is that I am. Yeah. Yeah. but I guess I guess we could get into it. Sure. So have you played any of the, the previous games? I have started Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm-hmm. And I've made it to the Alice in Wonderland level. Oh, okay. Which is not very far. Have you come across Goofy? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. What's he I up to? I think I like got... Uh, he's just there, you yeah. know? Just hanging out? Um. Yeah. Um. I got... I guess I got to the part where like... Goofy and Donald join your party, and then you're like, okay, you can go out into the world now. And then I went to the Alice in Wonderland world, and then that was kind of where I stopped playing. So they're in your party. Um, can you? Is there like combat that you can do with Goofy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, um, Donald uses magic, and I think Goofy's kind of a tank. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, now, is I, like one thing I've heard about Kingdom Hearts that the story is like nonsensical. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you can't follow it. There's, there's, there's <laughs> no. It's, it's completely. Yeah, it's incomprehensible. Um, because like in between the main releases, they just kept adding more and more spinoffs that like dilute and change all these timelines of all these anime characters. Uh, and the other thing is that um, the a lot of the side characters are characters from other Final Fantasy games, but they're like different versions of who they are in their original games why i don't know <laughs> i don't know i guess because it's supposed to be a game for children oh uh, okay yeah so like you have squall there from final fantasy 8 and he's just there being squall mm-hmm, but different and like you're but different but and you're kind of supposed to know who he is but not and he's like <laughs> best friends with riku from final fantasy 10 but she's got a different name because there's another character in Kingdom Hearts who's named Riku, so they had to change her name. I forget what they called her instead. But she can talk in Kingdom Hearts when she couldn't talk in Final Fantasy X because she spoke a different language. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and I think, like, Eris is there from Final Fantasy Seven, mm-hmm. and they like reference her dying in Final Fantasy Seven. But she's alive here. She's alive in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but they're kind of like almost like weirded out that she's alive. It's 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 weird. It's weird. Um, is it is it very like fan servicey? Because you have all these different so. characters from like different properties and things. No, that's the thing because it's it's very it's hard to describe it mm-hmm. to be honest with you, um, and especially because when you've only played like four hours. Sure. Of, <laughs> uh, but no, they're just kind of like these different characters interacting, but they're not like really like doing quippy shit either. They're just kind of like talking about uh, light and dark and all this kind of bullshit and keys. And then Mickey Mouse is there. Like, mm. it's not. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, yeah, because like I wanted to I, I always wanted to play the series when I was a kid, mostly because of the commercial with the theme song. 
um, the the Hikaru Utada theme song. You know, the simple and clean. You know that one? Um, no, I don't. I don't remember seeing ads for it. Um, when I was younger. Okay, well, maybe it's because I did when I was little. I did watch Disney. Um, oh, see, so, I never. So, I was always Nickelodeon. Sure. Um, well, I was glued to the television, so I watched everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, so I I would see the ads. And I was like, that looks fucking cool. Like I didn't know what these anime characters were, you know. But it was just like this grandiose fucking thing and mickey mouse is in this dark cloak i was like what the fuck is this and this song is cool as hell um and i had never played like the original games but i played kingdom hearts chain of memories on the game boy advanced which was a spin-off i think after either the first game or the second game it's not like it matters um and that game was weird in retrospect because Instead of it just kind of being like just an action kind of RPG, like the mainline games are, uh, your attacks are all card based. And so you have to have uh, a deck of the attacks that you want, but that are then mapped to action buttons. So it's still action combat, but like the cards in your hand are assigned to the specific inputs. Um so, I, so they, I really they were kind of that was kind of a, a a deck building game before they really became uh, popular. Sort of, but it was it was action, so it wasn't like um like you had to quickly change cards like as you're moving around mm-hmm. um and had the right like attacks on your inputs as you're like button mashing basically. Um, I I really liked it as a kid. I, I don't even I don't know how far I got, you know. Um, so that was like my only Kingdom Hearts experience, and I'd always meant to go back and play the games. Uh, and I so, still haven't. So what's the deal with this uh, this new one? So the new one, which uh, is apparently Kingdom Hearts 4, um, and I don't know anything that's going on in the fucking story. I could not tell you a single goddamn thing. Um, it looks as if uh, it is now taking place in modern day Tokyo. So is there a, like a trailer and everything? Yeah. Is, um, is, is Goofy in the trailer? Goofy is in the trailer. Oh, how about that? He's almost in like a post- a post-title sequence sort of thing, like almost like as a, as a one more oh, kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and so so it takes, it's it's now suddenly in modern day Tokyo um, and Sora, so you know, like the, the main character guy, like mm-hmm. the kid with the big shoes. Yes. So he's been like isekai'd into modern day Tokyo. He's been what? Isekai'd, that's the, the genre where you're transported to another world. Oh, We've okay. talked about this. Have we? Yes, we have. I guess I just don't remember the, the term specifically. We've talked about this. It, so we're in the we're in the Moogle uh, segment then. We're, yeah, yeah. Should I play it? Fuck. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> so he's been isekai'd into modern day Tokyo, um, and the first thing you see is him without his big shoes. Is that like is that like Master Chief without the helmet? Is that is that a big deal? Kind of. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have the big clown shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just going around barefoot. For the first part, yeah, which is weird. Um, Couldn't find a, and a, a second pair. Maybe. Um, or it's just because they want to show that like he's in modern day Japan. And so like that's the custom is to take your shoes off. And so he's he's not, you know, being rude. Okay. Oh, so he's indoors. <laughs> He's indoors. He's in somebody's like very fancy apartment. He's not just not walking, very, walking around like, like very the city modern, at least. barefoot. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so th- 
you've seen the art style of Kingdom Hearts, right? It's like it's cartoony. It's like it's it sort of matches the Disney it does. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now it's I'm not gonna say hyper realistic, but it's like more realistic than Kingdom Hearts has ever been. Is this like to um, showcase the? Is this like Space Jam now with like cartoon characters in the real world? Is that is that sort of what they're going for? Um, no, because they've changed the way that Sora looks too. So now he's closer to like uh, Final Fantasy fifteen than hmm. what he would look like before. So he's less cartoony. He's more three D uh, anime boy band. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people around him are even less anime they're just like 3d rendered people like realistic looking people um and i guess this this is all on purpose i guess to show that he's like out of place and in the modern day or whatever right but it's very strange um and yeah it's it's just it's just kind of it's kind of off-putting um and then at the end there's just donald and goofy just kind of walking around and they look they look the same because i guess you can't I don't know how a realistic Donald Duck. I don't know what that would do to the uh, the psyche of the general the, population. The children, especially. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know if the world's ready for that. No. Uh, so then maybe it w- maybe it will be sort of a Space Jam situation. It's interesting. It's an interesting direction to go. Mm-hmm. Especially when, like hasn't the series had pretty much the same like aesthetic all the way through or no? Uh, I think so. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to keep track of all the spinoff games. Well, sure. Yeah. But but I think so. Like the mainline games. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, it's just the three. Like since there was like a 15 year gap between two and three, three was, you know, higher fidelity. But um, now but this is there is, is there is any chance since like they have like the Disney like licenses and stuff, right? Is there any chance of Marvel characters jumping into the fray? With Kingdom Hearts. I think I think this is what a lot of fans are asking for is for Marvel and Star Wars to join in. Oh, see, I was just kidding. I didn't know that was a real possibility. No, no, this is people are asking for it. Um, Honestly, like I would have thought they would be against that. Uh, who? Just like fans, like, like, are, are you talking like, like diehard fans of the series? I have no idea. This is like people on Twitter. Oh, okay. So, okay. um, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There might be the Disney purists out there that are rejecting the Marvel thing mm-hmm. or there are just the, the rampant consumerists who, who want the properties shoved into their mouths. I'm going to uh, make a push for, um, Fargo mm, because, because mm. FX is owned by Disney now as well. Yeah. 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 So if we can get some Fargo characters in kingdom hearts, if, if we can I'd get be... Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. There we go. Atlanta. Which by the way, we need to, we need to talk about that. Um, one of these days, one of these episodes, uh, the new season. I have to watch it. Yes. Yes. Um, always sunny interacting with, um, Mickey mouse would be. Yeah. I'm in. Be pretty I'm on board for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who knows when this game's gonna come out, uh, or if it's even gonna look like what it what they're showing now. Like, who knows if that's even actual gameplay that they showed? Um, it looked very um, like a cross between like Shadow of the Colossus and like old God of War, where like you're you're climbing a gigantic creature kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, with like just like a big set piece. It, like it looked very on rails. There was a, like already quick time event kind of things. Um, so who knows what it's going to look like eventually. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if that was like an expected announcement because for a Sunday morning, like, I don't, 
<laughs> well, I, I mean, that was scheduled there's, or? there's no E3 this year, so everyone's kind of just like up to their own uh, schedule. I guess, but just a random, a random Sunday in April. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and usually like nowadays about... you get like you get like teasers for the trailers. You know, you, you get some build up just for the reveal for, for a lot of things. Yeah, this whole thing was it was a seven minute video uh, where they showed off like two or three mobile games. And then they did two minutes of uh, what was then revealed to be Kingdom Hearts 4. So just strange. Um, Hopefully enough people stuck around through the uh, the mobile games. <laughs> oh, pro- probably knowing Kingdom Hearts people. They're, they're used to like all the fucking spinoffs and shit. And they're used to waiting through all of that for uh, all the story and lore and shit. Um, um, yeah, because it's all I, like it's all like in continuity, right? Yeah, yeah, all of it. Like, there's a mobile game that I think got shut down. That was uh, canon to the whole bullshit. Um, oh, so you can't even play that anymore? I don't think so. Um, I don't know if there's like you know APKs available or something, but yeah, they shut that down. I think that was fairly recently too, like last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, who knows? I, it, it's, it's so impossible to like parse what they're doing with that fucking franchise. Um, but anyway, Hey, so then Roach. <laughs> oh yeah. We didn't do that. Did we? We didn't do that. And it's been 15 fucking minutes. Um, we, we, we are in Moogle, I guess we're just fucking in it. Uh, I don't even know what I want to start off with then. Um, let's just stick with Final Fantasy. Uh, so I've had a fucking week and to, to top it all off the, um, the goddamn raid team is like falling apart, which is <laughs> it's just very fun. It's very fun. Uh, th- this is what I do with my free time. Um, and this might just be be me ranting about other people, but whatever. They're not going to listen. Um, and the only the only way that they would listen would be if they followed my uh, Twitch account and then looked there and saw the podcast and then bothered to listen to specific episodes of the podcast where I talk about them. So it's very unlikely that that happens because they have to get through the first 15 minutes of this one as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I know for a fact that they did not follow the, um, the Twitch account because, uh, they didn't. (laughs) So, uh, so the raid team is falling apart and we are now on the final phase of the final fight of the tier. So we're, we're at the end. We're at the end. And now one person has said that uh, they're they're going to stop raiding. Um, and they have said that their last week will be either uh, this upcoming weekend. It's like the 16th or whatever, or the 23rd. We have to get a confirmation on that. So it might be as early as this next week. Even if you don't complete this final fight? Yep. Yep. Uh, because the problem is, is that we would have to clear it eight times anyway, and it's time gated, so you can only get loot once a week. Um, oh, so then so you're, you're two months out then. <laughs> at the earliest, and we're not, we're not going to clear it this week anyway. Uh, you know, it's funny because I've, I've joked how like this whole raid situation sounds like a job and, uh, uh-huh. this person has put in their two weeks notice. They, they actually have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're out. Uh, they they said that it's you know they got some life situation. They're they're moving. They're they're doing job shit. Whatever. I don't. I have no problem with mm-hmm. any of that shit. Um. So uh, the other issue is that uh, we are okay. We actually have a lot of problems, but we we saw the second phase um two weeks ago, and last week um. 
our my co-healer, who also does the calls for us, uh, suddenly had to go into work. And we did not know whenever he would be done. He's on the West Coast, so the time is kind of fucky. Um, and we were attempting to get a handle on when we should raid. And we have now condensed the raid into one day instead of raiding uh, a couple days a week. Um, and so what that means is, is that if somebody can't go uh, for whatever reason, whether it's an emergency or if they just can't, you know, anything, uh, that now screws up the raid for the week, not just for that day, because that's the only day that we can raid mm-hmm. is that day. So that's basically what happened. So we were sitting around trying to figure out uh, what to do, uh, blah, 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 if we should wait and come back, all those kinds of shit, because now we're raiding for like four hours. Um, to make a long story short, what ended up happening was is that we, he got back just in time for us to maybe do two pulls of the fight that we needed to clear for gear, and we needed the gear pretty badly. Um and luckily, we cleared it in one, which was not guaranteed because the previous week we spent two hours trying to clear it, um, even though we should have it on farm by now. Um, and by some miracle, we cleared it in one. Um, but then we were done. That was all we did that week mm-hmm. was, ten, was 10 minutes of raining. Um, so we didn't get to practice the phase of the, the fight that we're working on. Um, so this week, we were cold on that fight, completely cold. We were rusty we, we we needed to jog our memory on it and people were basically getting pissy that we were not clearing the fight they're um, like uh, they're like leon dry they're so pissy yeah but it's like dudes we have not done it in two weeks like i don't know what you expected we haven't done it in two weeks and we only cleared this phase once and we got there by the skin of our teeth it was an enrage pull and and we got lucky with the mechanics. We got a favorable roll. We got the there. There are random segments to the mechanics and what order they can come in. We got a favorable order for the mechanics. Mm-hmm. We got lucky and cleared it last time, and we haven't done it in two weeks. So, so really, a week away from the game really throws you off that much, huh? A week away from the fight. From the fight, yeah. And also, people aren't playing a whole lot in between because there's nothing to do. Right. Yes, we've um, <laughs> we've talked about that. So yeah. Um. So that so people were getting annoyed that we weren't getting to the second phase that we were that we wanted to see. Um. Me and my sister expected this. We knew this would happen because this happens every single time that we see a fight that has two phases, or we clear a fight and we want to go to the next one, but we still have to clear that first fight again. It happens every single time, and people get upset every single time. Um, so that was really annoying. People were getting mad. Uh, then our goddamn red mage, who drives me up the wall, I have to have him on, like, 5% volume on Discord because he drives me fucking insane. I'll lose my mind. Um, uh, somebody accidentally kills him uh, in a mechanic. Then he, he flips out. Uh, then for so some it was, reason, it was a, a teammate, friendly fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody killed him with a mechanic. They they brought uh, a debuff into him um, accidentally as he was trying to complete the mechanic. It happens. Everybody was fucking up the mechanic uh, annoyingly that day, uh, and but and this time he happened to die. Um, but he 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 flies off the handle really quickly um, for stupid reasons. Um, if we're not progging uh, perfectly. Um, if we can't hear him on his garbage mic, he gets upset. What is uh, uh, progging? Is it just like progressing? Yeah, progressing in the fight. So, uh, seeing a part that you haven't seen before or getting to a part that you have not done uh, cleanly before uh, is called prog. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, little things set him off really, really easily. 
Uh, if he does not get loot rolls, if he rolls poorly, he gets upset. Isn't that just random? Um, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is a dice roll. Yes, okay. or he has two. He has two ends. So like, if he does get loot, he's like a happy little puppy dog. You know, like mm-hmm. he's having the best day of his life. If he doesn't get loot, he's like this mopey little baby. Uh, it's it. It drives me nuts. Um, so so somebody kills him accidentally with a mechanic. So then he flips the fuck out. He says, "Oh my fucking god." Uh, and then, like, in this tirade, he, for some reason, he says that he wants to switch to Melee uh, because because the casting times are, 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 holding, are holding him and the team back or something, which, which doesn't make any sense. And we're like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, one, you don't have the gear for your Melee. Two, you went Melee last week uh, and your damage was dog shit. Uh, because one, you're not geared, and two, it's an unfamiliar job to you. Um, and three, why are you bringing this up now? When not only are we at the fourth, the last fight of the tier, we're trying to get to the second phase of the tier, it's the second phase of the fight. And also, like, what, what, why are you doing, like, you bring this up in the middle of a pull just because you died? See, I, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking now that I would be a pretty awful, like, raid teammate because, um, my impulse hearing this is, so he gets mad when a teammate kills him by accident, right? I yep. would have, like, when you guys restarted or whatever, I would have, I would have killed him on purpose. Sure, <laughs> just to see what happens. But yeah, so so now he wants to switch to an unfamiliar role for uh, reasons that don't quite make sense. Um, he's complaining about cast times uh, on Red Mage when Red Mage uh, the cast times were shortened this expansion, uh, and two we have a Black Mage who has the longest cast times in the games, and he's not complaining about mm-hmm. cast times. Um, and also, we're unaffected by his cast times. That's a that's a personal problem. Um, so if he's having issues with cast times... <laughs> it's a personal problem. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. So, so then he had already switched to Summoner. Summoner doesn't have cast times anymore. It's all instant casts. Um, Summoner is easier than Red Mage uh, because they reduce Summoner to, like, five fucking buttons... Um, somehow his damage is worse on summoner, even though it is baby food easy. Uh, and it just naturally does more damage than red mage. Somehow his damage is worse on summoner. Um, and now he wants to switch to a completely different role that a role that is harder. Melee is harder than caster by default, just because of the way that it plays. Um, and then he wants to switch to the hardest melee. Well, was this like a real thing or was he just like in the moment frustrated and, and just like kind of threw this out there? It's both because okay. he tried melee last week and then he started going on about how he can get the gear. Meanwhile, he he physically can't get the gear because now he has to go and clear the other fights that we're skipping this week on his own, get lucky on rolls in random parties which is not going to happen because we could feed him that gear and we're not going to because we're not going to clear with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing with randos that have to feed him the gear. Then no one's going to be nice and feed him gear. He's going to have to get the rolls. He's going to mope that he didn't get the rolls. Uh, he's going to have to get lucky in the new alliance raid and get one piece of gear. He's going to get one upgrade piece. Um, so he's okay, not so, going to be geared. So how many how many grievances do you have here for, for this raid team? Because we're still on the first one. Uh, I have a lot. Overall, actually, our team damage is really bad. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. We kept seeing uh, Enrage in the first phase uh, yesterday, and the Enrage is basically um, the timer runs out on the encounter, 
where uh, the boss is like, all right, you didn't kill me fast enough, so the fight's over. Our damage is pretty bad, um, and that that is an overall team issue. That is not any one person specifically. It's mostly the DPS, but it is an overall team issue. Um, unfortunately, for my job, my job is I'm a healer, but Astro specifically depends greatly on um, buffing the party. So I am, uh, there's a difference between um, what they call actual DPS and raid DPS. And so Astro is a raid DPS job. And so I have more raid DPS whenever my team does more damage. And since the team damage is really low, my raid DPS is really low. Um, so that's another problem. Um, and so now that we're losing somebody in a week, we will now have to go get a random every week. Um, you were we'll in this to... situation last year at some point, weren't you? Probably. Probably. The nice thing is that it's easier to find a, a random DPS than it was a, a random healer, which was the situation we were in last time. Mm -hmm. um, and it should be easier to find a random melee, which is what we're losing. We're losing our monk because there are a ton of reapers playing the game because that's the new job. Um, now we have a red mage who thinks he can play melee when he can't. So, yeah, it's tough. And then and now the raid leader is saying, was like, oh, that's fine, he could switch. It's like, no, it's not fine. It, it really isn't fine. And I also have problems... I know, I know I'm going I'm to cut all this. I'm going to cut all this. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. There, there are also problems with the fucking balancing of the game. The, the game is, like, really not in a good spot balance-wise. Mm -hmm. And it it's a problem with the caster specifically, too. So, Red Mage, they made it slightly more complicated to optimize. Um... And I, I'm, I won't get into the weeds with it, um, but you have to do more to get more DPS out of the job. But the job has a very low ceiling. Um, and so you have to do more work for less DPS than you used to do. Then you have Summoner, who was, it was a very complex job, but it did a fucking ton of damage. Uh, I loved it. Um, now they've made it ridiculously easy. Mm -hmm. It now has like six buttons. And it does the same thing over and over and over again. It has like six buttons that uh, in each phase of its rotation all replace the same buttons. So you're always just hitting the same thing over and over and over again. It it does barely any damage too, but it does slightly more than Red Mage. Um, now Red Mage offers some party utility. Um, it can raise people on command because it has an ability called dual cast where every second spell that it casts is instant, um, which is also why him complaining about cast times is bullshit because Red Mage has dual cast. He has no cast times. Um, so Red Mage can res on command, um, except if you're a Red Mage that doesn't res anybody like our Red Mage. And this has been a problem for years at this point. We have a Red Mage that doesn't res. Uh, Red Mage is nicknamed Res Mage because of how often it can res people. So why is this person not doing it? Because he doesn't want to. He, it's conveniently, it's conveniently always his melee combo whenever uh, somebody needs to be resed. Well, that just sounds like a bad teammate. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, and so now they also gave Red Mage uh, uh, an additional party-wide mitigation called Magic Barrier. Um that's another tool he doesn't use. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he should just be playing an entirely different like class, right? Well, that's what he wants to do. 
but he wants to play something that's even more complicated than Red Mage. Mm -hmm. Something that he's already not utilizing properly. Yeah. So I don't trust him on a more complicated job than Red Mage. I feel like this this raid team would make for a good like reality TV show, you know, behind the scenes, all the uh, all the drama and the. No, it's really not interesting. It's just like it's just like a couple people talking behind each other's backs. It's really yeah. not that interesting. Or, or one person going on their podcast instead of confronting exactly. them directly. Exactly. Yeah. If I confronted him directly, it would they would vote me out of the island. <laughs> it would. <laughs> but is that such a bad thing? At I don't this, know. At maybe this not. stage, maybe not. <sighs> it's been a it's been a week. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to have that be the capper on it. Right, right. But anyway, I watched a uh, an anime uh, that was named after uh, an acidic fruit. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it it's got to be the opposite of citrus. It it really it's really got to be. Uh, yeah, there's like nothing in common really. Um, but I just found it really funny. Um, there's a, there's a program called Orange. Oh, there we um, go. Yeah, yeah, which I is thought this, was pretty funny. Is this new? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's from like 2016, maybe. Okay. Um, and so the premise here, it, it, it it's maybe a little t- more complicated than it really is. Um, there, there's a girl in, uh, in high school, and um, on like the day of the opening ceremony at, uh, at school, so it's like the first day of school, um, she comes across a letter that claims to be written by herself 10 years into the future and uh it, it, i'm already intrigued okay and so it it claims to be a list of things that she should do to prevent her future self from having any regrets 10 mm-hmm. years into the future um and uh it, it, this is not a spoiler it's like revealed almost immediately and probably in the episode description um that this classmate of hers that she hasn't even met yet um, is going to die uh, and that she should do something in order to prevent this from happening. Um, And despite the fact that it has this sort of um, sci-fi or uh, supernatural kind of premise to it, you know, uh, it is a a very, very, very grounded show. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it it, it is... um, this is uh very much on the side of uh like a, a slice of life drama mm-hmm. um where it it does not lean into that uh like sci-fi ish premise it it does not go into like well how did how did the letter get there like it doesn't you know lead into that kind of thing at all that is not really the focus yeah because that's ultimately not very interesting no it's not um so the mystery is not in the letter it's in like how how are uh, is she going to resolve these issues if she's going to resolve these issues right and so it, it it's really more about uh this this friend group that comes together and um like the decisions that they have to make uh with this new friend that they make um who is the the boy in question who is like who has like this ticking clock basically um it, it, it is very similar if anybody has seen uh, the show Erased. Um, it's it's similar to that kind of vibe. It's it's very much less of a thriller kind of thing than Erased was, even though Erased kind of sheds that as it goes along, too. Um, this is very much a, like, uh, scaled-down, um, like, grounded drama. Um, and so I was really into it. And it, it, it deals a lot with, um, like, mental health 
and uh, depression in a way that is uh, really, really easy to fuck up. Um, and it's probably a show that handles it the best that I've seen probably since Welcome to the NHK, which is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. um, which is which is just a fucking phenomenal anime that everybody should watch. Um, even though it's kind of hard to watch now, like the rights to that one are always all over the fucking place. But, um, yeah, this was a, this was a really, really interesting watch. Um, the way that it handles this, uh, this dynamic, uh, between these friends and, um, like this, this, this goal that they have, like to, um, like just be there for this person Mm -hmm. that they care about. Um, and, you know, also have these interpersonal connections with each other. Um, yeah, I, I, you know. I powered through it. Uh, it was it was really good. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I mean, you know, you just walk a little bit further down that, that produce aisle and uh, and you end up finding something really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I had never heard of this before. And then I was just, you know, kind of browsing around the Crunchyroll and I was like, oh, what's this? You know, and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting based on the premise. I was like, it, it seems really easy to fuck this up, you know, mm-hmm. Um or make it, uh, I mean, it, it's maybe it's kind of a little melodramatic at moments, um, but I think it mostly lands what it's trying to do because um, it's really it's really easy to fuck up, um, like mishandling, um, dealing with uh, like this level of depression, especially when you're talking about it like so openly like that mm-hmm. um, or like like almost like um gamifying like somebody's mental illness right right we're like like oh if we if we do this this and this we can save them you know um like almost like they're an rpg mm-hmm. or like a video game like if oh if we just make these choices then they'll be they'll be fine um and you can see where like you think the show is going to do that and luckily it doesn't um so i think it lands way more than it misses on that aspect um so yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm going to have to give that a look. Add it to the list, the ever-expanding, overwhelming list. Yeah, I'm just going to keep throwing them at you, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, we did have a couple dead letters. So let me just get through those quickly. Real um, or fake? Uh, I will let you be the judge. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I just wasn't sure where to, where to set my expectations. Yeah. This one's from uh, Ronnie's Tugs. I mean, I, I hope it's real. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Ronnie says, uh, Terraria Magic Weapons, and the website is terrariasecretsblogspot.com. How to summon solar eclipse in Terraria. It's pretty cool. So that's like a, that's like that 2D Minecraft-ish game that's been around for (laughs) like two decades now, right? Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. I don't know why. I don't know why that was sent to me. So strange. Um, this one, I don't, I can't make, the, the comment is gibberish and, so is the website, honestly. Actually, I think the website might be something from the Netherlands, but I just like the name that they sent. Uh, this is from Scott Blucked. How do you spell Blucked? B-L-U-C-T. Oh, so exactly how I thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Blucked. I just love how they don't separate the first and, like, what I imagine is the first and the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I have one more. So that that was that didn't make any sense at all. There was nothing you can pull from, you could pull from Scott Plucked. No, there was some website to the Netherlands, so it ended in .nl, which I think is the Netherlands. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, this one is, I believe, that's either Chinese or uh, Japanese characters. Um, and oops, I do not mean to click on that. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The oh, I think it's Chinese because it says .cn. Um, 
uh, the the email address is a bunch of numbers, which I didn't know you could do. Um, and they sent a PNG, and the PNG is a message here, uh, and it says, "Please kindly do not reply to this email address." And then it says, "Hi" with a tilde, so I guess this must be like, "Hi, dear manager." Uh, I'm sorry. Very could lucky you to be able could to... you um, could you do that again? I didn't quite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hi, dear manager. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be able to share these molds and parts with you here. The customer is also extremely satisfied with us. He's going to place a new order to us. Hope can help you learn more about our company. Smiley face. Plastic injection molds and parts, overmolding blow molds and parts, machining CNC parts, lathes and metal parts. If you're interested, welcome to contact me anytime. I'm also happy to share with you. If you can give us a chance, we will definitely win your trust. We are confident in our quality and ability. Wishing you have a busy, productive, fruitful future. Sincerely, best regards, Nancy. Um, well, the thing is, even if I am interested, how am I supposed to contact them? Because you can't reply uh, to the message. Now, they do leave in this in this PNG with this message. Mm -hmm. They do give a Skype. Oh. And two different email addresses and also a phone. But it says to not reply to the email address. Now, what I thought was funny is that this is from a Nancy, and we've been getting emails uh, from a, uh, what I hope is a different Nancy, <laughs> who, has, who has been helping us out with the programming of the show by yes, providing real so. emails. Um, so I'm wondering if that Nancy has maybe switched industries to uh, some CNC machined and blow mold parts. Um just when these dead letter segments were starting to sound legitimate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to reply if I'm not supposed to reply to the email. Well, um, Skype. I mean, that's that's the go to well, for yeah, everybody yeah. these days, you know. Sure. Skype. Yep. Yes. Um, so, yeah, th those are the dead letters for this week. Um, so I, I do believe we do have a movie to talk about. Yes. Very excited about this one. We have. Which was provided from. Uh, some email feedback, which you could also provide at uh, video at deadinroad.co. Absolutely. We welcome it for sure. So do you have the uh, the new intro for this segment that we debuted oh, last yes. week. I'm sorry. Yes, you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop, nope, not, nope that one. not that one. That's beautiful cinema. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. I, re I really need to get a better system. I have to remember the positions like Simon says. No, it's always a funny bit when you get the wrong one. <laughs> You know, it's, that doesn't, really that doesn't not, get old. It's not intentional, I swear to God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, so we're, we uh, we watched 1917 for this week. Um, the Well, we're a little bit late to this one because it came out, what, like three years ago at this point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the Sam Mendes film. Um, takes place during World War One, And it's, I mean, I'm sure most people know it as the sort of the one take war movie. Um, I have an issue with that. I mean, so do I. But but what's your okay. what's your issue? Uh, it was definitely not one take. Oh no! Well, it it wasn't shot in one take, but it has sort of the. I mean, there's a moment about halfway through when when the main character um, blacks out. Well, there was t there's at least two definite hard hard cuts. What's the other one? Whenever he jumps in the water. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't notice that one. Well, but but for you know overall the the effect that the cinematography has is that you are following these characters 
uh, in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the camera is, is always in motion, essentially. And um, yes, yeah, so you're following these two soldiers and they are tasked with delivering a message um, because there is a, an invasion scheduled for the following morning that is actually a trap. Um, but they don't know that. So they have to get this message over to their like uh, sergeant or whatever, who turns out to be Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, they have to go behind enemy lines. They have to go through all this dangerous territory and, and hope to make it there in time. And that's essentially the, the setup for this, this movie. It's a pretty simple setup and a simple like plot. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious what you, th- what you thought about this one. Cause I really, really liked it. Uh, boy, that was the easiest day of work Benedict Cumberbatch has ever had, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Was he got like two lines? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Like, there's a, a handful of pretty famous like British actors that, that these two are two main characters come across at various points on their journey, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever like Andrew Scott appeared like in the beginning, I was like, okay, yeah, he's gonna be a character here, and it was just like, nope, nope, see ya. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I, I don't think the continuous shot did much for me. Okay. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't even notice it until like a little over halfway through. Well, see that for me is a positive. Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought you might say that. Like I was like, I was like, okay, well, does that mean it was effective or did you even need it? I think it was, I, I, I would lean towards it being effective because I think when you yeah, have something, when you have something like this and obviously the, the discourse around the movie, uh, back when it came out, you know, you, you couldn't talk about it without mentioning the, the sort of one take nature of it. And, um, I think for the movie, for it to be sort of as understated as it was is, is pretty impressive because it, I, I think the screenplay is really good. And I think there's a lot to this movie that's really good and it's not overshadowed by something that could be gimmicky, you know, but, but isn't, I, I think it, mm-hmm. it, it sort of fit with the narrative and the sort of like forward momentum that the movie constantly has. And, and I thought it worked, worked pretty well. And also like it's Roger Deans. You know, it's Roger Deakins doing the cinematography. So, you know, it couldn't have been in better hands. Usually, usually like whenever there's that continuous shot, um, I don't want to call it necessarily gimmick, but that uh, style. um, It can be a gimmick. Sure, sure. Um, Usually it's like very um, like up close, you know, Mm -hmm. um, following a single like character's perspective. Um, But a lot of this was just very wide open, you know, landscape uh, shots like 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 uh, that moment where they go through the forest and then that open field yeah was uh very striking yeah there's there's like the way it does that like it really plays into sort of like the suspense that the that the narrative has like it's what's going to be around the next corner or what are these characters going to run into or discover next along along the way right mm-hmm. um so i feel i thought that was really smart and it's just like the way the camera moves it always it, you know it, it it would it wouldn't be interesting just to follow the characters and be from the characters perspectives you're because you have like some really impressive set pieces and mm-hmm. and distinct set pieces too like they don't travel very far, but you, you have some really um, some really distinct environments that like really yeah. stand out on their own. And I think the the way the camera navigates them is it, it really emphasizes that. I, I think you needed that. And I don't know how historically accurate or whatever the fuck that necessarily is. Yeah. Um, going from like a trench and then 
a five minute walk later, you know, you have a lush field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you needed that. Otherwise, you would just be following these two kids through just uh, blasted out trenches, right? Yep. Um, so I, I feel like just from a, a visual standpoint, you needed that, like these differing uh, set pieces. Um, otherwise, you you would lose the audience, I think. Like just like I don't think there was enough um like the script was good, but I don't think it was um what am I gonna like trying to say? Uh it was not um I guess maybe not just like strong enough to carry like these two characters through just like one singular location, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, sort of along those lines, like as far as the screenplay goes, like I've I've seen some like criticism of it. Like there are like a lot of like contrived moments where, you know, there's like either something very convenient happens or something very like unrealistic happens that, you know, is needed to sort of like move these characters along, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I was fine with because I'm not, you know, this is I'm not looking for realism in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, I think it's easy to say, like, well, how does he come upon, like, this platoon that's driving through, you know, like, a couple miles away from where he's supposed to deliver a message to an invasion? Like, how are they not aware of each other? Um, but it's like, it that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. At it, all. It doesn't matter to the uh, the story that they're telling, like, at the heart of it. No, no, it has, it has nothing to do with it. Um, like, m- maybe you could have solved that by... Uh, just 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 from a, a a logic standpoint by like increasing the time limit they had to deliver this letter but then you lose the tension of like their objective right right, right. uh so yeah like do you know how many fucking realistic war movies there are like we <laughs> this doesn't need to be you know the most like uh you know preserved piece of world war one uh media right you know like it doesn't need to be the most to the letter uh accurate no, not at all. And it's better for that because I think the main thing that the narrative needed to do was to maintain a good pace because this movie is so much about like forward momentum. And I thought it was paced extremely well. And like mm-hmm. right at the outset, like you you pretty much immediately know the stakes. You understand like what these characters are risking and like the urgency of their mission and they're off mm-hmm. and you're invested or at least I was. Yeah, no, they set up the, 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 um, like the grander stakes. They're like, what is it? The 16,000 men or whatever, you know? And then they also make it very personal, right? It's one of these characters, his brother is part of that regiment or yes, whatever the exactly. proper term is. So you have like the grander scale. It's like, this is a huge operation and this is a lot of manpower that could be potentially wiped out. And then it's also, this is happening to this specific character too. He has a personal stake in this. This is why he wants to go immediately and not care about what happens to him. Um, so yeah, they set it up immediately, and so like like all right, let's go, let's let's get let's get going here. Um, I I don't mean to um, keep singling out our uh, dear uh, emailer, but um, they they did bring up uh, how they enjoyed the score quite a bit, um, and so I wanted to uh, potentially get your thoughts as well. 
Yeah, so this was music by Thomas Newman. I looked it up. Mm. And let me see what else, because I, I like the score a lot as well. Um, mm-hmm. It also was something that can, like, like almost like the cinematography, it's something that you don't consciously pick up on all the time. Yeah, I was which, I was gonna which say is what similar. makes it yep. effective, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's like, it's very understated, but then there's that, um, there's like sort of a, a very climactic moment at the end where everything swells to this and it comes in, you know, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is this is our climax here, you know, and so the music comes in with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Yeah, I even thought like at one point I was like, oh, I should look up the like the soundtrack, which I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big mm-hmm. like soundtrack person because I know a lot of people like to listen to them like in the background when they're doing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was definitely impressed with the, uh, with the score. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the climax, what did you think of this film's climax? Um, I guess we could sort of like, sort of like do like vague spoilers if, if there is such a thing. Um, cause like the, the climax is the main character, uh, going to reach the like captain of the attack that's about to take place. And he's trying to reach him in time to, to have him call it off, to deliver his message. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't like wait his way through through all the soldiers and stuff so he actually jumps up out of the trench onto the battlefields and is running as the first like wave of attackers is running out to battle and so he's like he actually collides with one of the um he collides with a couple with a couple and you know i learned after i watched it that that was not intentional really Um, yeah that was not intentional but all the actors were told to just keep, you know, keep rolling, keep running through the scene no matter what happens. And they ended up uh, keeping that in, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that, that scene, um, like you said, with the score, with the explosions and the troops and just like the the stakes involved and just like all of it was just like so perfect. I thought it was, it was such a terrific uh, moment. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, like you have this, this is such vibrant green field that they're just running and trampling over and somebody's limb is getting blown off, you know? Um, and then you have this, this kid who has, he's had his head crushed in, he's been shot at, mm-hmm. he probably can't even hear anything anymore at this point, uh, after like everything's been blown up around him. Um, like he, he should have been dead like an hour ago at least, uh, and, uh, He's just wading through these massive bodies that are just just running to die, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's just running perpendicular to them at the camera, and it's just yeah, it was it was beautiful, and it's um I don't even know what word I'm searching for, but like uh like in its defiance, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I feel like uh, with movies like this, like with war films or action films, it's it's very easy to be like swept away by spectacle. Mm-hmm. Um, here I felt like the spectacle always had a purpose. Yeah. You know, which I really appreciated. Like the, yeah, like the sequence where he's, he has to run in, like in the middle of the night, uh, through the ruins and, uh, it's only illuminated by the flares and gunshots was just like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah. And just like from a, from like, how do we film this night scene standpoint? (laughs) Just like pretty clever, you know? Yeah. Because it's not, it's not like when the flares aren't there, it's fucking black. It is the darkest. Like, it's not just like, um, that muddled kind of darkness that a lot of things are filmed in where you kind of can't make things out. It is fucking dark. It is, you can't, you know, see your hand in front of your face dark until a gunshot goes off. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it gave it that like fear and immediacy to it. 
um, but it was also uh, darkly beautiful. Um, yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like that, to be honest. Um, yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to bring up was like, like we, we mentioned already how this isn't necessarily like a realistic film, which is perfectly fine. I think that's the only way this movie works um, if, mm-hmm. is if it takes like those liberties. At the same time, though, it does take the time to um, focus on, like, the consequences of war, right? Because, Mm -hmm. like, there is so much time spent wading through this, like, destructive, like, this, you know, these these war-torn environments, and you have a lot of, like, casualties laying about, and a lot of, you you know, the characters come across, like, displaced, like, civilians, um, destroyed towns all sorts of things and so like there really is that focus on like what was all of this for you know like, i think even a character says that like they they're they're walking through um what was the like front lines of the the german army um but they've left at this point and it's like so we've spent three months fighting for this piece of land like what is what was this all for right mm-hmm. so the movie's always conscious of, of stuff like that like the greater I guess the greater, um, the larger perspective, because it's a very, like, it's a small scale story in, in that you're following two characters as, and they're going through this, this, this journey on this mission, but it also does sort of pan out and, and you, you like sort of like meditate on like the war as a whole and like, what is the purpose of all this, which I Mm -hmm. thought was, which I thought was great. Yeah. Cause it was, it was a, it was a ridiculous, it was the, the lines were just like, fought for at best miles at a time yeah like Mm -hmm. just back and forth you know we're talking like meters you know um just in the worst fucking conditions like you see it like just these bloated waterlogged bodies in the in the rivers um you know like the, the character cuts his hand open and he sticks his hand through a body accidentally as he's falling the fucking rats, you know. Which, by the way, I thought that um, that was going to come back as, like, some sort of, like, infection or something later on. Like I did, too. I thought that was, like, going to play into that character, but it ended up... He had other issues. He, yeah, he got uh, the shit kicked out of him every which way. Yeah. Um, um can I, I do want to mention one sort of glaring, I guess, issue that I had with, with the film. Well, at, at first, I thought I was, like, really kind of blown away by, by a piece of, like, spectacle, which was the, the dogfight um the the planes Mm -hmm. so there's the scene where the two characters are out um in like a field and they see a dogfight happening it's like a two-on-one it's like two of their ally planes taking down a german plane and um before you know it as that german plane is is being struck down and it's like losing control and going to the ground it swerves and comes directly at the two characters um and so then they immediately run and, and and rescue this this german pilot and they're trying to you know help him and uh i guess i guess spoiler at this point but the german pilot is is just like lashes out and and stabs one of the the main characters and i thought this was like a bit absurd <laughs> Really? I did. I thought it was a bit absurd. Like, I don't know. Like, you just survived this plane crash. You're being helped by these two people and your instinct is to just, like, stab one of them. I don't know. You, d- you don't know what they're going to do to you. I guess. I guess. But, like, I don't know. I kind of saw this 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 German character as a bit of a caricature. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's it seemed... I mean, a- you would just, you would see the colors and you would just... You don't, you don't know what they're going to do to you. I guess so. I guess, you know, I've never been to war, so. <laughs> yeah, I was I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an issue. Like, it, it, it was, the whole point was to show, like, 
that these the two that we're following they're like kids you right, know right right and like they're different perspectives like the one is um he puts on this brave front but he's um he is just a kid right and and the other one is like we should put him out of his misery we you know we got to get rid of him um and the other one's like basically like no we have to help him mm-hmm. you know like his naive naivete here um i guess i, I share getting, some of that naivete yeah and so then he ends up getting stabbed for it like this is that this is just you know the the chaos of it all yeah i suppose um, so i suppose so so yeah i i didn't really have an issue i mean it does um, it does lead to you know an effective um character moment too like after the stabbing happens uh it was it was quite unexpected at least for me and um like the direction that it you know it, it's sort of a, a, a like the end of like one act of the film right so it, it sort of mm-hmm. like propels one of the characters forward and and gives him like more motivation which which i think was was necessary yeah but yeah like outside of that i i was really impressed with this i, I thought it worked on pretty much every level and i'm i'm very much not a a war film um person although, although maybe i should be rethinking that because like i mean i love dunkirk and mm-hmm. and I, I i very much like this movie so maybe maybe i am a war movie person i don't know yeah now you're gonna go back and watch uh, saving Private Ryan or whatever. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss anything because that's what got us into this segment in the first place. Then, hey, look what happened. (laughs) But yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else that you, uh, want to mention from this? Uh, I don't think so. I I think I covered my bases. I did want to talk about that, that night sequence, which was, yeah, just ridiculous. I I really haven't seen something quite like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad I got an HDR copy because, uh, yeah, <laughs> for that. I actually had to buy this one. Uh, yeah, I, it, I ran into I ran into pirate problems again because um, I was worried my copy was not working. Um, but I guess it was just so chunky that it was taking a while to buffer, like initially. Um, because and then I scra- I had like while it was buffering, I was like, ah, shit, is this streaming anywhere? And uh, it was not. Yeah, this was um, weird because it was on Showtime for for like a very long time, and I assumed it still would be. It must have left very recently, um, because you know, of course. And oh, then that's it's, interesting. And then it because it, uh, yeah, Hulu was uh like advertising. It's like, hey, you can add Showtime and watch this. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they must have gotten rid of it like maybe at the start of the month. Mm. Um, but yeah, then I went to see like can it be rented anywhere, and it couldn't, um, which was also strange because usually you can rent pretty much anything. Right. Um, so I ended up buying it, but worth it though, because I, I very much enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, let's see. By the way, did we want to do another film for next week? Sure. So um, have you seen The Souvenir? No. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited because The Souvenir Part 2 came out recently. Okay. Um, but that would require a uh, viewing of The Souvenir Part mm-hmm. 1, the original, uh, which is from uh, 2019. Uh, Joanna Hogg's uh, film, sort of like somewhat autobiographical movie um, about a, a film student who ends up into this into a, a relationship with an older man who has some issues going on. And he's very like charismatic, but he's also like he's got issues. And and so the movie kind of explores that dynamic and relationship. Um, it's an excellent movie. And I've heard the sequel like reception to the sequel seems that it might even be better than the original. So mm. I was thinking if you're interested, we could do for next week, the souvenir and then the following week, um, the souvenir part two. OK, Um I'm a little concerned. Uh, hardcore listeners will remember that we had a weird undercurrent of uh, abortion talk on the show. Uh-huh. And lately, it seems like we're having a lot of age gap. Uh, 
No, it, that's not. That's not. I don't. That's not an issue in this film. Like, there's okay. other issues with the relationship, okay. but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it under that. Like, okay. Category. All right. Yeah. It's but just good, something but good, I've... good thinking of, though. Yeah, it was definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's something I'm kind of becoming conscious of. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we can we could do that. Cool. Um, while we're in the movie realm, uh, I guess I guess it will be a time for a, a, another lovely edition of Dead Wrong. Uh, hopefully, this is the right button. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Um, so yeah, last time we were talking about uh, Morbius Fever and uh, got into some of Jared Leto's uh, bizarro cult shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a content warning a little bit for um, sexual deviancy and grossness, uh, I suppose. Um, so I didn't know that he had a fuck ton of allegations against him. Uh, so if I had known that uh last week i would have brought it up right uh, yeah i wasn't aware of this either whoops um and according to this uh imager that is compiling a lot of these uh the imager was created in 2017 Oopa. um and so a lot of this is about him going after underage girls um sending dick pics um this one says he used to go through central park to get noticed by teenage girls um how he would invite underage girls onto the tour bus um so we're right back to talking about it then i suppose so but the, but i i know it, like is, it is important to bring up yeah we can't have funny haha about jared leto and also not address um yeah like there's there's literally too many to go through like this imager has over a hundred um like screenshots of like people talking about uh stuff that's a large amount yeah wow yeah this one claims that he's been doing this for at least 15 years um this one says he grabbed uh somebody's ass when they were 16 um this one claims that they've had three friends from three different cities who were either assaulted or accosted by leto when they were under 18 um and so apparently a lot of this came out when um uh dylan sprouse the 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 actor um he's the that, uh like riverdale right yeah i guess well because that's twins is that is he that one or oh is he wait, the other wait, one? wait let me not that it really i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter, it does, it does matter but it doesn't well, matter yeah. if the person was in riverdale or not but keep, sorry yeah continue um uh claimed that uh leto slid into the dms of every female model uh aged 18 to 25 um and so then this had a lot of people uh, coming out with their stuff about how he uh, was into underage girls, not even 18-year-olds. Um, somebody said that uh, everybody knew about this. Uh, he did it to my friends when they were in high school. Um, happened to one of my friends. She was 16. There's just, like so many of these fucking things. Um, oh, and then who who's the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy guy, the director? Oh, um, the yeah. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? James I Gunn. Th- there you go. Um, he he basically echoed uh, the Sprouse tweet. It was basically like, yeah, he starts younger than that or something like that. So so this uh, is like one of those things that like in the industry, everybody knows. Yeah. And yet yeah. somehow it isn't like as far as like mainstream, it's not like talked about much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so this is stuff that was collected in 2017. Which I guess um, is around the time shortly after the start of like the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. There's even like Reddit posts that's collected in this thing. Um, yeah, the, there's, there's just a fuck ton. And this is just from one 
like master post I could find. Um, so yeah, uh, skeevy dude, and he's doing weird cult shit. So and also just like is perfectly has has just like gotten away with it completely. And he's like he was presenting at the mm-hmm. Grammys the other day. Like he's just like oh god, you know, he's in a bunch of movies. He's fine. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. This hasn't like touched him at all somehow. He bought an island. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the way that some of these just. I mean, obviously, like there are lack of consequences for for most um, like offenders. Like people can talk about like cancel culture all they want to, but you know, Louis C.K. just won a Grammy Award last weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, a lot of these people just like they don't. It just like bounces right off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really seems to be the case here. Yeah. It's like, well, what are, what are people, people like, what are, what are victims even supposed to do if the laws don't work? Right. Like, what yeah, they then have you to have, do is, then you have the court of, of public opinion and even that tends to not really right. amount to anything. But that's what, that's what people have to try to do to take it into their own hands mm-hmm. is to one, warn other people and two, try to see some kind of repercussion from it. Like that's, that's all you can potentially do. Mm-hmm. And that's the other fucking problem. Is that one criminal cases don't do shit, and two civil cases, like those. That's the only other avenue. And so then you have uh, fucking chud heads who will say, "Well, they're only after money." That's the only other recourse. That's the way the system is set up. You either have a criminal case or a civil case, and civil cases only result in uh, monetary uh, restitution. Right. That is it. That's the only way it works. Well, because money solves all problems, right? <laughs> Yeah, but so it's like it's such it's such a it's such a, a, a brain dead argument to be like, oh, well, the victims are only after money. It's like, no, that's the only that's the only system that has been set up. Exactly. That's the only potential uh, restitution. Yes. It's so it's so ridiculous. Anyway. So, yeah, Jared Leto is uh, gross and also weird. Remember the whole he was like he was sending used condoms to his castmates. Remember that thing? Um, no, I somehow missed that one, too. I, th- I think he was because he was doing the Joker thing and, oh, he's a method actor. So he's oh, got to really get into it. And so he was sending used condoms to people. Oh, uh, well, I guess he's been method acting for that role for like his entire life. Then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I, I, I did want to avoid the whole celeb gossip thing, but we also mentioned Ezra Miller last time. Um, and so uh, Miller was arrested and it, it really uh, was a little deeper than... Um, we potentially touched on because probably more stuff came out. Um, so the, it was like a, a, a he broke into a, a couple's um, like hotel room um, and started threatening them uh, after he was arrested at that bar. Really? Yeah. Um, and so they, the, this couple uh, filed a restraining order against him. Um, according to the court documents, um, they're claiming that, uh, they burst into the room and said, I will burn you and your slut wife, which is just lovely. Um, and, uh, apparently Miller also stole a, a passport and a wallet. Um, so yeah. So I, I don't know if he got, did he get arrested or they, did they get arrested for this one too? 
Um, so at the time of, you know, we recorded last week and the story I was reading from only had the arrest for the bar incident. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't think this had come out yet. Yeah. This is a lot more serious, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I felt like last week there was some humor to be found where, you know, the story of Miller seemingly becoming upset about a star is born song and just like causing a scene. But yeah, this is, this is, uh, obviously they have some, some real issues. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, apparently, oh, did you also know, so I, I saw this, but I had forgotten about it. Did you see the thing in January where, uh, they posted a video, um, claiming that they were going to, uh, kill, uh, a chapter of the KKK in North Carolina? No. They posted, maybe, the, I wonder if the video's still up or if they were forced to delete it. Has the Flash been hanging out with Batman too long? This is like some vigilante stuff here. Okay. The, the post was deleted probably from legal reasons. Um, yeah, they, they went on this whole thing about how they were going to, uh, oh, there's a, there's a, okay. This is Ezra Miller, AKA the Bengal ghouls, the mad goose wizard. And, um, this is a message for the Buellville chapter of the North Carolina Ku Klux Klan. Hello. First of all, how are you all doing? Um, it's me. Look, if y'all want to die, I suggest just killing yourselves with your own guns. Okay. Otherwise keep doing exactly what you're doing right now. And you know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, we'll do it for you if that's what you want. And then he ends, or they end the video saying, okay, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Huh. So that was in January. <laughs> um, I have to say, that's a lot cooler than what they've been up to recently. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's hard to argue with going um, after KKK members. I mean, not that we condone violence here on, on, the, on the show, mm-hmm. but I, I guess in certain situations. Um, so, yeah. So, so now um, Warner Brothers is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> reconsidering uh the flash movie what as in like rescripting it to include a battle against the kkk <laughs> uh no they're, they're apparently like looking into like they, they've paused the uh oh this is for the sequel so i guess the first one's already been filmed yeah that sounds right i'm, I'm sure it's it's pretty far along in the process right yeah he's already okay, entered so that, and exited the speed force so right of course of course <laughs> Oh, okay, so it's now coming out June 23rd, 2023, um, and so now they're going to see what's happened for a potential sequel. Um, I don't even know how well a Flash movie would do to begin with, but... I don't know. I mean, the TV show's had a good run. I assume it's fairly popular. It's another DC property. Um, I mean, if Morbius was projected to make $50 million, I don't know <laughs> if it ended up making that much, but that were the projections, and I would imagine the Flash would be a larger draw than that, so... You would think... But then again, people just see the Marvel sticker and lose their minds. I don't know. DC makes a lot of money too. Yeah, at the box office. But uh, except but for Birds of Prey, be- which is a crime that I, I still am not over. I know. But yeah, like there's a difference between Batman movie and The Flash. Or well, I mean, Shazam. There's a lot of recognition lately for The Flash, especially <laughs> yeah. from the you know from the Academy. So. I feel I like think that they could... were really they were really banking on the whole speed force thing going over well, and uh, unfortunately, something else happened that night. Uh, <laughs> so you're right; it would have been the top headline, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, then again, maybe yeah. not because maybe Ezra would have been the top headline. Exactly. Yeah. So oh boy, DC just can't just can't get it right. <laughs> it's a shame. 
Oh, well, DC always has warring villains, so I feel like if you were to have the Flash battle the KKK, yeah, then you can go back to like you know, uh, like 1930s. Yeah, you uh, could you could like team comics. up with Wonder Woman, who's already there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, boy, and that 1984 that was a bad that was bad. I still haven't seen it, and I probably never you, will. <laughs> don't don't. It was really I, I, bad. I'm scared away from that one. Such a shame because the original, the first Wonder Woman's, uh, very good. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, no, no, that that second one was not. It was nonsensical. It was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that was everything that we were wrong about last episode. Uh, tune in next time to see what else we're wrong about. <laughs> yeah, that segment's not going anywhere. No, no, unfortunately not. We're too stupid. Um, did you have anything else from the Grammys other than um, uh, the you fact know, they awarded? I, I put uh, that in the perverts. notes. I put that in the notes the other day. I'm kind of over it though. Okay. Yeah, like I did sure. watch the entire show for some reason, <laughs> um, and honestly, like compared to what happened the week before with the Oscars, it was a a nice time. Was it? It was pleasant. It was Trevor Noah hosted. Who's I, I'm a big fan of Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that, I, I don't watch the Daily Show, but I do like. <laughs> <laughs> but I do I do very much enjoy Trevor Trevor Noah whenever I like see him on on the internet or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, like, so the, the, the com like the, his, his jokes were, I guess, sterile. <laughs> sure. Corporate. You know, they nice, were, they nice were inoffensive. Um, and, and, you know, com- you know, with what happened the week before inoffensive was, was nice. It was almost refreshing. Um, <laughs> because the, and even aside from the Chris Rock joke, like the entire, um, whoever was writing for the Oscars was, it was horrendous. Like, did you see mm-hmm. what Amy Schumer said this week? Oh, the the joke that was cut, but she said it anyway. Why would you even like it? It, it got cut for a reason. To be honest with you, I don't even remember it. I'm actually like, having a hard time good... recalling as well. It was bad though. It was. Um, <laughs> it was like not even a good. It wasn't even like a good joke. No, none of them were. The ones that made the show were were bad. Like they were bad jokes, and they were offensive. And this was very much in line with that. It just probably a little bit worse even. And for some reason, Amy Schumer thought it was good enough to share. The joke was so offensive that everybody forgot. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was about. Uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me look it up. Was it about the Alec Baldwin shooting? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It, so, so she was like, um, don't look up is the title of a movie, right? But maybe it should have been don't look down the barrel of Alec Baldwin's gun. Um, that's not even a, that's not even a good joke. It's, it's dreadful. <laughs> it should have been something like look up whenever Alec Baldwin's got a gun slightly improved but not by much yeah yeah <laughs> it's just wild to me that like she felt the need to share it ah, she must have thought it was a winner because like this was she's like oh this was such a missed opportunity oh, <laughs> i need people to hear this that's not even a good joke no it's not um at least make it a good joke so yeah, anyway, by comparison, the the Grammys were lighthearted. They were good. There were a lot of good performances. Um, some some really cool winners too, like Jasmine Sullivan. It was, it was surprising that she won um, an R and B award for um, for Hotels that came out last year, which is a great album. Um, mm. The thing I don't really like, and the Grammys have been doing this forever, is that like so there's like a hundred Grammy awards given out every year. It's just a ridiculous amount, right? Mm-hmm. And still, despite that, they seem to just like basically pick one artist from each genre and award them like 12 times sure it's like they've I, i've heard it referred to it's like they choose an ambassador for 
a genre of music and they just like shower them with awards instead because of sort they of like, like the, they like the photo now of the artist holding like eight grammys true did you see the like rodrigo after, dropped and broke one no i mean it's not surprising they give him too many <laughs> i know they need a bag or something for him and they do need a bag yeah um it's i think it started like with what beyonce like holding like a million of them mm-hmm. and now they just want to keep doing that over and over yeah this year it was uh john batiste who won the album of the year never, and a bunch of others i've never heard of that yeah i think he does um i think i know him from like i think he does the music for one of the late night shows mm. but um he also obviously uh records a lot of stuff um i think he's like he, he records in like a variety of genres like he's very much like like his album is very uh varied and um like i wasn't too familiar with his music but he performed that night so i, I watched him perform and like his like stage presence and like personality and like charisma like you could after watching one of his performances you could not be mad about him winning anything mm. like he's 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 very very good on the stage okay um so that was really cool um yeah lady gaga uh recorded an album with tony bennett last year which i, I was not aware of hasn't she been doing that she's been like finding whichever old man and then recording an album i don't know of any others <laughs> didn't she do that with like elton john um oh maybe maybe but i mean tony bennett's like 95 elton john's not he's not that he's he's up there bit of a different era though because like because they weren't even um okay (laughs) 75 right but the thing about this was um she was performing um i believe cole porter music which is like almost a century old um and so she did a like tony bennett was was not able to be at the show so she was performing solo and she was doing this like throwback to like a completely different era and it required like a different vocal style than I've heard from her. Mm. Um, and it was just, it was awesome. Like it was really, really cool. Mm. It's been interesting, the the arc of, of Lady Gaga, how like, you know, early on her career, she was very much like the like the rebel like outcast of like the pop world right in a way like very much like yeah. like subversive and kind of just like doing her own thing and then now she's like at a point where she's like making an album with tony bennett and she's like helping out liza minnelli on the stage at the oscars and she's like completely this, she's she's just like charity in any work what's that this like charity work no it's not charity work she's she's like genuinely friends with with these um like old o- people older artists yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's pretty cool um yeah it's like helping a grandma across the street but musically (laughs) so what else at the just gonna just gonna continue on um yeah i don't have a lot more to say it was a it was a good show for almost four hours long jesus christ (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess we could, we could move on. Now see, see, this is, you're watching, you're watching four hours of the Grammys. And in that time I can watch, uh, 12 episodes of anime. So that's the difference. Well, what's your point? I'm just saying there's no value judgment. I'm just saying that's the difference. Well, I'm pretty sure if you're bringing that up and you're making that comparison, there is a value judgment there. No, not at all. Like this is, this is just how we spend our time. Wait, did you, so did you have anything else? Cause I, I did want to, if we could, for the show, if you want to talk about this, this, um, cause I've been thinking about it all week long, the, the Jay Beagle thing. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You saw this, right? Yeah. 
Um, so to set this up, we, we talked about Trevor Zegers a couple months ago mm-hmm. when he scored his first like trick goal, the Michigan from behind the net where he basically, um, or that wasn't a Michigan, right? It was, he, he like, he lobbed the puck up over the, bo- the back of the net and his teammate like swatted it in, in midair. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like insanely cool. But then what we talked about was one of the ESPN analysts, John Tortorella, who's like an old, uh, Grinch, um, who was basically went on a, a rant about how like this isn't how hockey's supposed to be, and we don't like skill <laughs> skill players. And he just kept saying over and over, "It's not good for the game." It's not and, good like, for the not game. Elaborating, right? He he's someone of the mindset who like doesn't want to see the sport grow. Essentially, like just to say yeah. it bluntly. And he doesn't want to see progression. Um, he doesn't like to see skill. As he as he works for ESPN, like Ex- exactly, it's such a contradiction. Um, and so there was something that happened this past weekend that really upset me. So uh, Trevor Zegers plays for the um, the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks, and um, they were going up against the worst team in the league, the Arizona Coyotes, and they were winning, I believe, four nothing in the third period. And Zegers scored another Michigan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so good um he scored another one of these like uh skilled like trick goals that really like only a handful have ever been like achieved in nhl games ever and he's got like two of them this year um so he did that they scored it was five nothing at that point a uh, player on the coyotes uh took uh offense uh at this play. His name is Jay Beagle. He's very much like a, he's, I mean, he's kind of a nobody. Like he's not, he, he doesn't have much of a, he's cr- old as fuck. He's, he's old as, as hell. He doesn't have many accomplishments in the league. Um, he's, he really shouldn't be playing in the NHL, but he's on the worst team and they, I guess they need bodies out there. Um, so he took exception to this. He, he, in his eyes, um, Trevor Zegers was like, I guess rubbing it in, um, which I think is, is false because four nothing is not insurmountable. First of all, um, you you can come back from four nothing like that's that's happened before so mm-hmm. and also like you're you're playing a game where the objective is to score and and he scored like mm-hmm. this, is, this is a professional sporting game you don't take your foot off the gas just because you you're you're afraid of hurting somebody's feelings like i don't i, I just don't understand the how somebody could take offense to to Zegris. Uh, well, I understand how they could. I just don't agree with with them, right? Um, yeah. So what Beagle did was he uh, took a shot at Zegris after a whistle, and his teammate Troy Terry, Zegris's teammate, that is, uh, came to his defense and like stepped in, and so then Jay Beagle. Um, started a fight with Terry. It was very one-sided. Um, it wasn't like a, let's, let's agree to drop our gloves and like handle this type of fight. It was very much an assault essentially. Um, Beagle was just like laying punch after punch on Troy Terry and he, he injured him pretty badly. Um, it was, it was gross. It was a gross display. Um, and so for one, no, no suspension, right? Not unless I missed mm-hmm. something, no suspension for JB. No, Beagle. no. Uh, first, first flat out assaulting somebody with repeated blows to the face. Um, and what also disgusted me, and I have the clip, I, I posted the YouTube link. If, if you want to listen to like the first like 30 seconds of that, the uh, yeah. broadcasters, the two commentators for this game, their um, their take on this was was uh, really highlights what is so wrong about the NHL right now. We got two time there, Milano. What a play by Zegras. Trying to poke it in behind Tojanosh. And now Fowler, and now everything's going to happen here, and Jay Beagle grabs a hold of somebody. Oh, you knew that was going to start something, I love it. Yeah, Beagle. Beagle's pounding somebody. Troy Terry. 
Yeah, Beagle caught him up high. Oh, man. And Beagle's going to fight someone else here. And Terry's hurt. Jay Beagle caught Troy Terry with a couple. Uh, that's the problem sometimes with these young players. You, you want to embarrass guys and you want to skill it up, you better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. Beagle wants to go with Fowler. I think Fowler wants to go with him. Oh, I'd love to see him. Let him go. Well, I haven't seen Jay Beagle like that all season. He, he's fired up. I love it. Good for Jay Beagle. He's a veteran player that's been around a long time, and he's watching these young kids dance around, these fancy moves. Yeah, so that's that's about, that's the gist of it there. Yeah. Uh, Jay Beagle is... Uh, Never had uh, an ounce of skill in his body. I think he used to play for the Capitals, and he uh, was always a piece of shit. Um, no, he's always been a, a waste of roster space. And uh, you're on a, a loser fucking team, a, a dead-end team that can't even fucking uh, get an arena to play in, uh, and you're fucking stuck there because mm -hmm. uh, you suck and no other team will sign you. Um, and you're getting embarrassed by a bunch of 18-year-olds. Well, that's the thing, right? The, the statement by the commentator that... So these young players want to skill it up, and so they better be prepared to get assaulted for it, to get punched in the mouth. Like, this is this is so backwards. It's so incredibly yeah. backwards. And it, it it's another example, like Tortorella before, like the, these, these this old mindset of, of like hockey is like this, this uh, just like sport of like brutality and, and trying to take all the skill out of it and like all the fun. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's only hurting the game. And it's because it's because these commentators, if you look into their backgrounds, mm -hmm. that's who they were. Yeah. They were the low skill guys. They were the fucking grinders and, and, and the goons. And they wouldn't have a career if uh, they weren't allowed to beat the shit out of people. Uh, you saw it on NBC broadcasts. You, you see it on local broadcasts. You, you, you see it on ESPN. Uh, the 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 players that scored they don't go into broadcasting they're too busy fucking polishing uh their uh, championship rings yeah <laughs> they don't they don't bother with fucking broadcasting except gretzky uh, except gretzky and he's like half asleep whenever he's on the fucking booth <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't give a fuck um it's like that's why he couldn't coach either he didn't give a shit yeah um so it's like no you got fucking embarrassed by a bunch of kids they're too fast for you you're slow and old all you can do is punch them, but and the, they're not the, punching the back. Just, Look I at the fucking over, score. Though, is that the idea that what Zegers did by scoring a goal is like an affront? It's, cr yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, you don't want to be embarrassed? How about you hit him when he's behind your net? Yeah, that? don't give him, him the before, space to do it. Hit him before it. he scores. Yeah, play the game. Like, play hit the game. Hit him before he scores. Mm -hmm. If you had more than two brain cells, you'd know that he can score from behind the fucking net. Mm -hmm. But no, you're stuck in Phoenix. And you know, you're 38, you're stuck in Phoenix. Yeah, and so like like you said, the the type of of people, like the type of former players that these broadcasters are, like unfortunately they are the ones with the voices here that when the you know anybody tunes in to watch a game, that's what they're listening to, mm -hmm. and that's the perspective they're hearing, and it's just so backwards to me. It's not what I want to watch. It's not what I want the sport to be. Um, like we saw the playoffs in recent years, like the 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 truly top end skilled players in the league are eliminated first, yep. because of the way that uh, the game is 
officiate and play in the playoffs. And it, 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 um, it's catered to the physical, unskilled side. There's no consequences for like dragging Connor McDavid to the ground whenever he's trying to score because you can't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it results in in bad hockey. Yep. And there's this 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 loud vocal um, like subset of the community or the industry that is 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 trying to keep it this way. And I'm I'm genuinely concerned about Trevor Zegers. I think that he is he's probably my favorite player non-penguins player right now in hockey i think he's extremely exciting i think he's 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 really cool to watch um but i'm genuinely concerned that he's going to become a target on the ice and somebody's gonna end up hurting him and like taking him out and and there won't be any repercussions because there aren't any set up in the first place so problem is is that it is going to happen and the only thing that's going to prevent it is continued high-powered offense teams winning the championship because any time that happens, every other team copies exactly what they do. Well, Tampa's won twice in a row now. Right. And they very much are that. Right. And you're you're starting to see that. Colorado is going after the Tampa molt mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. It takes a couple of years. It lags behind a couple of years. Uh, some of Tampa's shit is Penguins shit. True. Um, very true. Yeah. It, it takes a couple of years for teams to be able to draft and acquire players that are in the mold of previous championship teams. That's what was so dangerous about the runs by the Islanders and the Canadians last year. Right. But they didn't win. They didn't win. Right. Exactly. But it, it was very scary because it's like ooh, mm-hmm. this could become the status quo if, if things really turn out a certain way. But they didn't win. And look what happened to the fucking Canadians. Well, they were they were decimated by like injuries and stuff. But even if they weren't, they were not built. No, that was the most fluke run I've ever seen. Yeah, it was still. I still don't quite. And they were and they were mismanaged to hell. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. They had a, a golden goose of a goalie, mm-hmm. and without that, their whole system collapses. Um. So yeah, since they didn't win, nobody's going to emulate that. Look at them; they failed. They're a failed project. Mm-hmm. Um. The Islanders. Uh. They still believe that they have the right system. Uh. They failed. Um. They're going to blame it on injuries. They're going to roll the dice again with that same core. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I think the rest of the league is now too fast for them. Um, they're going to do the same hunker down bullshit, mm-hmm. but I think the league's too fast for them and their goalies are getting too old. Um, and this, so, this story from, from, from last weekend involves the worst team in the league too. Exactly. Because yeah. that's all, that's, that's all they can do. I just wanted to, I wanted to beat people. I up. wanted to talk about it because it really just encapsulates so much of what I hate about hockey. Mm-hmm. It just it makes me so angry because uh, Zegra should be like championed. He should be highlighted and you know showcased. Uh, not not having to answer questions about why his um, teammate was like almost put in the hospital for trying to defend him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, the only thing that. Uh, will change is these old fucks die, which is slowly happening, or and high skilled teams uh, win the championship. That's the only thing that changes it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the Penguins have been like a winning team for like decades now. Yeah, and you look at you look at the other teams that emulate them, and they're winning now. It's true. Fast, high skilled guys that are on the smaller side. Look at Carolina. Look at how they're built. Yeah, that's that's true. It take it takes a little while. Like like the Kings and Chicago model was the model for a while. Right. They weren't looking at the they weren't looking at the Penguins because they were like, oh well, they have Sid and Malkin. And I guess before so, that it was the, the Devils, right? Basically, it was the Red Wings Devils. Yeah, it was yeah. The, it was the big hulking defensive team. Mm-hmm. And then it was the the Kings and Chicago model which was big and hit the shit out of you. And then you have a couple skill guys. Mm-hmm. And so then it was the Penguins, but everybody was just like, oh, well, they have 
they have all these picks. That's what that's what the Oilers try to do, but they didn't oh, so, build around so it the, ever. The Penguins have been what like a fluke for decades now. <laughs> I mean, look, like a, the, a lot of teams didn't build around them properly. Yeah, like look at the Oilers. They just thought that they'd get enough picks and that would solve itself. They never built around it. Yes, although I feel like so. the Oilers, the Oilers are, are are exceptionally uh, poorly managed. Like that's well, of course that's like the very far end of the <laughs> spectrum. Of like course. that's just a total but, disaster. But then the Penguins go back to back by using a bunch of speed guys mm-hmm. that they called up from the minors that are on the smaller side that came out of nowhere. That's where the fucking Mark Donk meme comes from. Uh, and they they win. And so now everybody's like, well, shit, we got to go fast. Mm-hmm. And so there you go. Now you look at Carolina, you look at Tampa, you look at uh, the Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. When you put it that way, it's it's true. I just like I feel like, you know, we get to the playoffs and it turns into a different game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully these I'm, I'm sure like the teams you just mentioned will be there at the end this year. I really have very little doubt about that. Um, but uh, still like this, the, the sport has to has to change uh, the uh, sort of what they give favor to mm-hmm. the type of player, the type of style. It's, it's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just I'm just used to it. <laughs> That's true. I've I'm been I've been much shit. more into uh, the sport in the past couple of years. You've been you've been following it your whole life, so you're just like, you're like this is old news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, but that that's all I had. Um, definitely cut the MLB stuff. That was not not worth it. <laughs> um, I don't know if this will make for good audio, but um, I was watching a VTuber and uh, they uh, they decided to uh, play a little CKY. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I feel like the CKY renaissance is like, it's actually happening. It feels real. Like, I mean, there's something in the air. I've, I've heard, know? I've heard about it specifically from you. Um, <laughs> there's no evidence outside of, of you talking about it that I've come across, but. Jackass is back, you know, like you got VTubers playing CKY. Like, I don't know something. So do you up. have the clip? I do. I don't know how good. So, so this is, this is a VTuber, um, that's pretty popular. Uh, a cat girl VTuber named Nyanners. Um, and I don't know how good of audio this is going to be because she kind of starts to try to do it and then just uh, like collapses. Wait, the sex song, do you mean the one that's like 69 69? Yes. Not um, not 69. No, no, 96. 96. Yeah. Totally different. Um but yeah, there, there there seems to be there seems to be change in the air. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be petitions formed to get to get them all back together. Um the two the two splintered halves of CKY. Mm-hmm. Um 
And and this VTuber has also started uh, uh, playing a lot of tech deck. Uh, I've noticed. <laughs> really? um, yeah. So uh, I think I think things are coming back. You know, like things are happening. Um, I also think that she just happens to be like around our age. Mm-hmm. So, That's uh, <laughs> yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> also, uh, smoking a cigarette while singing, which is which yeah. is impressive. That's how you get that. You know that that gravelly. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She said something about it being the Ariana Grande version, which I did not, <laughs> which I did not understand. Huh. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the the winds of change, uh, CKY, uh, if you're out there. Are you going to start the petition? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll do a change.org. Uh, Joe Biden needs to see that. There you go. <laughs> He's just, uh, maybe you can get uh, I, Elon to, to tweet about it. There you go. Yeah. Now that he's on the Twitter board, he needs to uh, get to work. Um, I have been listening to some fucking, some fucking like just garbage though. Uh, like the band? I, no, 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 no. Uh, I should though. Garbage is good. Um, just like some old shit that I used to listen to, like, uh, like a Treyu, you know? Ooh, really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, uh, I'm t- I'm terrified to go back uh, to like high school days w- as far as my music taste. Um, yeah, can't, I don't think I. Well, can I mean, do there's it. like there's like part of it that I still listen to already, you know. But like some of that shit, like I I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a Treyu is still good. I will I will I will go to bat for a Treyu. Really? Uh, yeah. Some of the other shit I won't. Okay. But I think a Treyu is still pretty good. I don't know about their new shit. I don't. I. I don't. I won't. No, you only like the old stuff. I'll only listen to the stuff I know. I'm not going to listen to like 2018 to Treyu. <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, like I don't know what the fuck. Um. But yeah. So I was doing that. I don't know. I, f- I just feel like the the impending uh 30 year old me just like coming down. It's like the Grim Reaper. Uh, oh, is this the is this the um the time where you start to go backwards as far as like your music listening and then you fall into the hole of like only listening to the same stuff for the rest of your life? I don't know. Cuz I I, I, I remember so. I remember uh there was a study and I have no idea like the legitimacy or the or anything, but I remember somebody saying that um, the average age where a person, if, if you haven't listened to a, a genre of music after age 27, you're very likely never to listen to that genre. Mm. That's what I've heard. And so I've started taking that to heart <laughs> in the past um, like couple years. And I've diversified. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> no? I'm trying to think of genres I've never listened to. Uh, yeah. What about um, scat? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into the scat. I will. I will occasionally for the meme play a little bit of Scatman John. You know. Um, I don't know. But you don't. Know, okay. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I mean, I don't think you've ever said for the meme either. So I don't know what what's going on right now. Great. Now I got to play Scatman. I'm a scat man. I mean, scat man John. It's very impressive. I've never heard it before, though. Yes, you have. I don't think so. Yes, you have. I mean, this isn't like Cotton Eye Joe, right? I know Cotton Eye Joe. This is Scat Man John. Okay, no, I don't. Uh, I'm not familiar. Okay, you know Scat Man's world. This is what you. Scat Man's world. Is that not what you just play a second ago? It's a different song. Oh. <laughs> Scatman John and Lou Bega, Scatman and Hatman. Oh, like, what is, what is this from? Is... Scatman and Hatman. Traveling time. Scatman and Hatman. 
like his pop era where all the the old fans are like you you went too mainstream for me we don't like you anymore no that's lou bega from mambo number five. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't the same guy it was the same guy that they just cut it because he like died in like the 2000s oh okay okay um he, i can't believe you don't know scatman john i don't is this like is this like from something or is he just like is he like a weird owl type thing where it's just like you're, you're no 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 he was deathly serious is the thing oh okay yeah he wanted to like bring joy to the world through his scat. Well, I guess I don't think I'll that's ever what get scat into scat man's the, world's about. I don't think I'll ever get into scat. I think I'm I'm too mm-hmm. I'm I'm beyond that. I missed my window of opportunity. Yeah. Damn. I like how scat the, the song Scat Man is also in parentheses ski bop bop da bop dot bop. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so you can identify if, it, yeah. As if that helps. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe you don't know Scatman, John. I do now. It's too late. You could have saved him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that letter that I got from... uh, (laughs) From Scatman, John. (laughs) No, the letter I got from from my future self that told me I have to go save uh, Scatman, John. I I threw that Mm -hmm. away without reading it. (laughs) Uh, Did we do a show... Uh, it's, it's something i don't know it's something you might have some editing yeah this one was on me though at I one point at one point I, I was i i did the thing with my hands where you, you sort of clench them together and it sounds like a fart oh that's nice and i realized that i was right next to my mic <laughs> and so when that'll you're, be a fun surprise for me that'll I'll be a fun find... surprise yeah that was during yeah. i forget what part that was but you'll you'll probably hear that it was my hands yeah. though i swear i'm not lying <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an Easter egg. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this one's on me. I came in with some weird energy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bad week. It was not a good week. Yeah, um, you were saying like, I mean, I, you might want to end the show first, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't have internet for a couple of days, and right. I was dealing with uh, fucking contractor people and it was it's been a miserable time uh we got dehydrators blowing air from our basement and uh plumbing problems it's it's been it's been absolutely miserable um so yeah it has not been fun um but uh according to the count next week is episode 50 Ooh. um should i admit an hour later that i don't have anything planned specifically for episode 50 Um. um but I don't know. I, do have, I, I, I mean, a hundred would be different. I feel like a hundred yeah. is, is a big milestone. Fifty, you could kind of take or leave. Okay, well then we'll leave. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week will be episode fifty. Um, I do. I have some stuff in the back burner, but I don't have anything like big or anything planned. So mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll see. I got a few days. It's not fifty um, for me. So I guess that's true. It's like forty-two or something. Sure. There we go. Yeah. Um, so if it, we'll have we'll have a special episode fifty eight. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dinner Road. Check out the Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dinner Road TV, uh, Twitch.tv slash Dinner Road TV. Do you search for Dinner Road TV and do you email us anything at all, including your thoughts on nineteen seventeen or thoughts on our re- review of nineteen seventeen and video at dinnerroad.co. Uh, and if you have time, please give us a rating on the podcast app of your choice if it allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts specifically. Because um, I, I had to do weird shit. I had to like, reactivate the Apple account. I don't know what that's about. 
um apple's bizarre i don't like apple um but yeah that's gonna be it for us we'll see you next week for episode 50 